solid house, with its windows shuttered and cloth sealed, with the braziers set outside the doors, and on the courtyard's high, broken glass-rimmed walls, billowing the acrid smoke of his style leaves. The last day of the season and its thirsting hour had been a time of remote revulsion for her, irritating and inconvenient, but nothing more. Then she had given little thought to the city's countless beggars and the stray animals bereft of shelter or even to the poorer residents, who were subsequently press-ganged into clean-up crews for days afterward. The same city, but a different world. Felicin wondered if the guards would make any move toward the priest as he came closer to the cull's victims. She and the others in the line were the charges of the Empress now, Lassine's responsibility, and the priest's path could be seen as blind and random, the imminent collision one of chance rather than design, although in her bones Felicin knew differently. Would the helmed guard step forward, seek to guide the priest to one side, lead him safely through the round? I think not, said the man, squatting on her right. His half-closed eyes, buried deep in their sockets, flashed with something that might have been amusement. Seen you flicking in your gaze, guards to priest, a priest to guards. The big silent man on her left slowly rose to his feet, pulling the chain with him. Felicin winced as the shackle yanked at her when the man folded his arms across his bare, scarred chest. He glared at the approaching priest, but said nothing. What does he want with me? Felicin asked in a whisper. What have I done to earn a priest of Hood's attention? The squatting man rocked back on his heels, tilting his face into the late afternoon sun. Queen of dreams, is this self-centered youth I hear from those full, sweet lips? Or just the usual stance of noble blood around which the universe revolves? Answer me, I pray, fickle queen. Felicin scowled. I felt better when I thought you were asleep, or dead. Dead men, do not squirt, lass. They sprawl. Hood's priest comes not for you, but for me. She faced him then, the chain rattling between them. He looked more of a sunken-eyed toad than a man. He was bald, his face webbed in tattooing, minute, black, square-etched symbols hidden within an overall pattern covering skin like a wrinkled scroll. He was naked but for a ragged loincloth, its dire faded red. Flies crawled all over him. Reluctant to leave, they danced on, but not, Felicin realized, to Hood's bleak orchestration. The tattooed pattern covered the man, the boar's face overlying his own, the intricate maze of script-threaded, curled fur winding down his arms, covering his exposed thighs and shins, and the detailed hooves etched into the skin of his feet. Felicin had, until now, been too self-absorbed, too numb with shock, to pay any attention to her companions in the chain line. This man was a priest of Fena, the boar of summer, and the flies seemed to know it understand it enough to alter their frenzied motion. 
She watched with morbid fascination as they gathered at the stumps at the ends of the man's wrists, the old scar tissue the only place on him unclaimed by Fainer. But the paths the sprites took to those stumps touched not a single tattooed line. The flies danced a dance of avoidance, but for all that they were eager to dance. The priest of Fainer had been ankle-shackled last in the line. Everyone else had the narrow iron bands fastened around their wrists. His feet were wet with blood, and the flies hovered there but did not land. She saw his eyes flick open as the sun's light was suddenly blocked. Hood's priest had arrived. Chains stirred as the man on Felicin's left drew back as far as the links allowed. The war at her back felt hot. The tiles, painted with scenes of imperial pageantry, now slick through the thin weave of her slave tunic. Felicin stared at the fly-shrouded creature standing wordless.